Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Matt Harris, content producer here at EM360 and your host on today's podcast. Make sure you stay up to date with all of our latest episodes by subscribing to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you go for your podcast needs. In today's episode, I'm joined by Trevor Deering, Director of Critical Infrastructure Solutions at Illumio. We're going to be talking about how the critical infrastructure sector, specifically the healthcare industry, can build cyber resiliency against the ever-growing threat of ransomware. Trevor, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Matt. No problem. Uh, Could you just give us a little bit of background on who you are and what you do? Yeah, so I guess I've been around this industry for many, many years, and I think coming up to my 40th anniversary within the industry, right back to probably before cybersecurity was invented, and over those over that time, I've really sort of been involved in introducing new technologies into into the market. And I guess most recently, um, for the last few years, I've been looking at the implications of cybersecurity within critical infrastructure, which is, I guess, you'd sort of define as areas like healthcare, manufacturing, energy, you know, et cetera, et cetera, food, and based on the fact that there is a lot of new legislation around the world that affects this space, you know, within Europe, we have the, obviously the NIST directive. It's been an area where a lot of our, a lot of our customers have, have sort of raised the question, how do I, you know, how do I deal with things like cyber resiliency? How do I stop ransomware and and things like that within that, within that, that sort of space? So, so I guess that's, you know, pretty much taken my time for the last couple of years a lot of it, obviously, sitting at home. More recently, been able to actually get out and meet some customers and do some more interesting stuff. Mm, yeah, and that, that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you mainly about today because last month, the FBI revealed that the majority of ransomware attacks against critical infrastructure target the healthcare industry. That, that kind of surprised me. Um, so, so why is the public health sector being attacked more than, for example, uh, financial institutions and retailers? What we've seen over, you know, over the pandemic, at least, has been a real shift in the way that the um, the criminal criminal gangs operate. So, if you yeah, if you think back to some of the um, some of the attacks we saw pre pandemic, they were a lot of sort of attacks on maybe banks and retail where they would steal customer data and say, "Yeah, we're going to sell this customer data unless you give us a million dollars," you know, or we're going to lock up your machines or something like this. What's happened um, more recently? is that the gangs have started to realize that there's actually more money to be made by preventing key industries from delivering services. So we've seen a number of these um, over the last, over the last, I guess, few months, attacks on the food industry, attacks on manufacturers. And specifically when you're looking at healthcare, then if you can, as a, you know, as a bad guy, if you can prevent a hospital delivering a service where potentially people could die, then it's more likely that that, that hospital is going to pay up the money. So I, I think it's, you know, it is one of these areas where the gangs have decided that's a, you know, that's going to be a much, much easier place to attack where they're going to get more money. Even though at the beginning of the pandemic, um, a number of the bigger gangs said that they weren't going to attack the healthcare market, the reality is they have done, 
And if you look, you know, if you do any sort of search on um, healthcare ransomware, it'll come up with numbers like twenty billion dollars, you know, over the last two years and things like this. So, so I think it is it is just a tactic shift by the uh, by the gangs to realise that they can actually get more money more easily because of the critical nature of healthcare. Yeah, and obviously it's it's only become sort of worse for worse and worse for the healthcare industry in the last few years. I mean, do, do you believe that the pandemic's pressure to grow the sector has only enlarged its attack surface in terms of cloud and remote access and those sort of developments? Yeah, it it has because the the need to keep delivering more services or the or the need to sort of deliver services more efficiently because you know, if you look around um around the world at the queues or the, the the backlog in in some of the in some of the surgeries and minor surgeries and treatments and things like this, there is a, a sort of a drive within healthcare to adopt and use technology to solve some of those problems. So, for instance, there's a lot more remote doctors. There's a lot more sort of the ability of doctors, physicians, healthcare givers, whoever it is, to be able to work remotely and to be you know get access to medical records to scans to you know whatever it happens to be and also the use of technology to try and streamline the experience for the patient so you know that a lot of the the sort of being able to go from an MRI to you know to outpatient treatment to all of these sort of things the connectivity and the sort of investment there that's been driven has been has been quite significant and the danger with that is you are exposing more of that to the outside world because you know because of the the need to literally be able to you know to support that so so i think that has absolutely grown that attack surface and there is you know the the challenge and the question is as to whether the investment in that type of technology is being matched by the investment in security and that's you know that's the sort of the the real concern uh, and from more of like a technical standpoint, how are these ransomware attacks unfolding? And and at what point can an organization do something to mitigate this widespread damage? I think, you know, the, the ransomware attacks develop in different ways. They generally all start with the same, you know, at the same point. So a majority will start with some sort of phishing email to someone within the organization. And they, you know, they will target the most vulnerable person within an organization or, or group. So, you know, potentially an attack could start in the catering department, for instance, because where people feel that they're safe or, you know, that they're opening emails that look look quite valid or may come from the business or something like that. The other sort of way that it they they start is through remote access. So, you know, it is a favorite vector for the gangs to to try and utilize the technology within remote access to you know to be able to get within the organization and then once they're inside if you know imagine that you know i'm a piece of ransomware the thing that i want to then do is get to as many systems as possible and ultimately get to the highest value the highest value system so if i can you know if i can access and use that to to stop the delivery of critical services within within a hospital the speed at which the uh, the victims will pay up is going to be that much quicker. So, so it is it, you know it's really a case of once the attacker gets within the organisation, it is you know that sort of whole how do I how do I get around? 
Well, I was just going to ask to that to that end. You know, does does the healthcare industry need to shift its mindset then? And what could the benefits of isolating attacks be instead of preventing them? Yeah, I think I think this is one of the one of the key things is there needs to be, I guess, at the first step, a sort of an amount of risk assessment because you know one of the if you think about about a hospital, it's made up of a lot of traditional IT systems. But equally, there is a lot of medical equipment. So there are scanners and pumps and bedside trolleys and comm systems, you know, the whole the whole sort of thing. And there's you almost need to think of it by by function. So you know, you would imagine that the intensive care unit would be the highest risk area, that the thing that is going to have the most impact if that doesn't work. And then you've probably got operating theatres and then you've probably got scanners and, you know, all the way down to car parking at the bottom. So it's almost a, a case of can we can we sort of protect each of those functions from the other spaces while allowing things that should be allowed to communicate to communicate. So you're, you're absolutely right in that if we can contain an attack in a single, a small area and stop it moving through the rest of the organisation then the impact will be much much lower and i think that's one of the you know that's one of the key things and and you know for anyone who's looked at frameworks like zero trust for instance that is exactly what we're talking about in that space so we're sort of saying do not allow any communication between systems unless you can verify that they're you know verify who they are and that they're safe so you're right and you know if we can isolate those attacks then we can stop them having, you know, we can we can keep the organization running whilst under attack. And then we can use other tools. So EDR and, you know, technologies like that to actually remove the ransomware from that that space. Um, so so yeah, absolutely that, you know, that need to isolate and contain attack is really, really important. Okay. Uh, and right now, what, what are some of the incremental steps that public health organizations can take to strengthen their security posture? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot, but obviously, you know, doing a lot is expensive. So there's some probably some very, some very simple steps. I think that the first one is, is being able to understand and identify all of the, the inventory and assets and systems within the organization, you know, what they're talking, you know, what talks to what, um, how they work, how they interact, and and almost to then be able to work out what would happen if there was an attack, and then start to mitigate against that. Because you know the reality is that healthcare in a lot of places doesn't have maybe as much money to invest in cybersecurity as say a bank or something like this. So we need to. It, it is all down to sort of understanding the risk of each area and then taking steps to do that. So, so if we assume that intensive care is the, you know is the you know is the most important piece, let's just do that for a minute. Then the reality is that if we can ring fence that intensive care function and protect it from everything else, then that's a good step forward, and then gradually work sort of down that down that process. And the other, the other important thing to do that very, very few organisations do anymore that you know they used to do many, many years ago, is really to, to test. You know, do some testings. There's a lot of technology out there that allows you to to sort of test exactly what's going on, 
and be able to then come to a conclusion as to how resilient you actually are. So, you know, so there's a number of things in there, which is, you know, which are the really the sort of the simple steps to take. And so would you say that you're kind of like optimistic about where this is all going? You know, do you do you believe that the healthcare industry will be able to to make these changes and put them into practice? You know, as we move further and further away from the kind of height of COVID, for instance. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know, COVID has just it's just had such a big impact on everything, and that's you know that that's really the, the test, and it's it's challenged the resiliency of the health system and to be honest i think the health system came through it relatively well because it could have been much much worse but i think it, it's sort of created a bit of a wake-up call i think for for things and also because of the volume of ransomware attacks in healthcare as well it does it makes me feel positive that i've had so many conversations over the last few months about security and healthcare and so from that perspective, I think it's raise, it's it's sort of you know raising its head above the parapet. The 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 challenge is always if you are the CEO of a of a health trust, you know, do you, where do you spend your money? Do you spend it on beds and nurses, or do you spend it on cybersecurity? And to a certain extent, that that's quite a tough decision. So you know, so I, I would applaud CEOs that. That sort of got to you know understand the the real impact that um, a cyber attack could have on them and sort of take the appropriate steps. Yeah, yeah, very well said, very well said. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us today, Trevor. It was really, really great to get your insights. No problem. It's great. Thank you. No worries. And uh, also thank you to everyone listening. We hope you took a lot away from today's discussion. But for further information on what we've discussed, please head on over to alumio.com. We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series. But until then, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on all major platforms. Follow the conversation on our socials at EM360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. And for more great daily content, head on over to EM360Tech.com. Mm-hmm.